0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the All It Takes is a Goal podcast, the best place in the entire world, including all of Canada, to learn how to build new thoughts, new actions, and new results. I'm your host, John Ankoff, and today, I'm going to teach you how to prepare your future self. But first, a quick word from today's sponsor. If you want to accomplish more goals next year, you should use the calendar that I've been using for the last 11 years. It's called the Finish Calendar and I love it for seven very specific reasons. Number 1, the Finish Calendar is big and beautiful. It's 36 inches tall by 25 inches wide. This thing is massive. It gives you enough space to actually plan things each day. Number 2 reason that I love it, Finish Calendar is reversible. You've got a vertical side and a wide orientation side. That's like two calendars for the price of one. Me, myself, I prefer vertical, but I also like that it comes in two versions, traditional paper and dry erase. Number three reason I love it, it makes time real. When someone says, hey, John, can you do that project in the next six weeks? That time feels fictional to me. Six weeks from now, I can't even wrap my head around what will be going on then. I need to be able to see the whole year, not just talk about it. Number four reason I love it, it's a Monday focused calendar, which means each week starts with Monday. A lot of calendars start the week with Sunday, but that's not how my head works. Monday is the first day of the week to me, and Sunday is the last. For example, I don't know anyone who plans their new week on Saturday night because Sunday is the first day of the week. Number five, reason I love it. Studies show that planning when and where that you're going to work on your goals doubles the chances you'll achieve them. Doubles it. That's amazing. This calendar makes that easier. Number six. The finished calendar has 12 encouraging statements on it that I wrote to help slingshot you into a great month of dreaming and doing. And last but not least, reason number seven, it's not expensive. It costs less than $30. That's $0.08 a day. Name another productivity tool that you'll use every day for an entire year, and it only costs you $0.08. Over the last 11 years, no tool has helped me keep commitments and finish goals like this wall calendar. It truly has become a critical part of my creative process, and I can't recommend it highly enough. We don't print a ton of these because I don't have some massive warehouse stacked to the ceiling with tubes of calendars. So if you want one, visit finishcalendar.com, and we'll link it in the show notes too. They also make an amazing Christmas or Hanukkah gift for that person in your life that you want to encourage. It comes in a tube, which, by the way, who doesn't like to open a tube? Tubes are way more exciting than boxes. That's just science. You're going to blow somebody's mind. Visit finishcalendar.com today to grab one. All right. This is part three of a special three-part episode. But it's, it's not like that show Lost where if you started watching it like in season two, you'd be completely confused. You'd be like, why is there a, like a polar bear on that island? Why are all those people on that plane? I know a lot of people didn't like the end of Lost. I was fine with the end of Lost. I don't know how you would end it in a different way. I was fine with the end of Seinfeld. I don't know how you'd end that show in a different way. I don't know if that there's a show where everyone universally was like, you know what? They nailed it. That thing I feel personally connected to that spanned years creatively, they nailed it. I don't know. For me, I like the endings of most shows. Maybe I'm just a generous guy like that. But if you didn't listen to episode one or two, feel free to go back and do that. I think you'd really enjoy them. Today is the last episode. And the goal of these three episodes was to encourage you to give three different gifts to yourself. It's the end of the year. It's December. If you're listening to this right now is when I'm recording it. Maybe you're listening in January, February, March. It doesn't matter if you're listening to it in July. These are gifts that I think will help you at any point in the year. And the three gifts are forgive your former self. Number two, enjoy your current self. And number three, prepare your future self. In the first episode, I talked about what it means to forgive your former self. I think a lot of times when we start new goals, we look back at mistakes we made and they hold us there. We haven't forgiven ourselves for mistakes we've made or not progressing fast enough. The example I used, um, sometimes when people try to get in shape, they'll get frustrated that they got so out of shape and they're mad at their former self and they spend all this time, all this creativity, all this energy, mad at their former self. And if they forgive that person, it'd be a lot easier to get on with the goal. Second one is enjoy your current self. Second episode, I talked about that. How do you enjoy who you are right now? How do you not get stuck in things like going, okay, when I accomplish this, then I'll feel enough. When I lose this weight until I build this business, until I write this book, like until I hold my book, until I see it on a shelf that I'm not a real writer. What if you could just enjoy your current self right now, like right as you're listening to this? And then today, third episode, how do you prepare your future self? And these are really what I'd call soundtracks. A soundtrack is just my phrase for repetitive thought a thought you listen to over and over again. I wrote a book about mindset called Soundtracks that teaches you how to do three things. Retire your broken soundtracks, replace them with new soundtracks, and repeat the new ones so often that they become as automatic as the old ones. And I think prepare your future self is a new soundtrack you should be listening to. What does it mean to do that? What does it mean to prepare your future self? It means doing the work today that will make tomorrow a lot easier. Think about it like this. It's like sending a gift into the future for the person you'll be next week or next month. For example, let me give you an example of this. When your bed sheets are dirty and you strip them off in the morning, and it's probably because you're an adult and you're not me in college. I think I changed my sheets freshman year of college at the end of the semester. When I got married and my wife was like, how often did you, did you change them like every couple of days like, or like in a gross way, weekly? And I was like, oh, if, if weekly is gross, I probably shouldn't answer this question, honestly. I didn't change them often. But let's say you're an adult. You're listening to this right now and you're like, I changed my sheets. I get where this story is going. And you strip them off in the morning. You come to a crossroads. Do you change them in that moment? You're looking at the bed stripped down. Do you spend three minutes when you've had a cup of coffee? The day is still fresh and you're, you're full of energy. Do you do it right then or do you put it off and wait until you get home later that night? Now, if you do that, you know what's going to happen, right? You're going to completely forget all about those bed sheets. You're going to go live a full, busy day, And then right as you finally make it to bed, ah, I'm done. Like I finished, the day is over. You're going to walk into your bedroom and you're going to see a pile of clean sheets. And in a moment of dread, you're going to realize, ah, morning me screwed night me. The person that you were in the morning didn't set you up for success that night. Same goes with like filling your car up with gas. Have you ever driven home almost on empty and you think, you know what? I'll uh kind of tired. I'll get gas tomorrow in the morning before I go to work. Now, you could do it right now. I mean, there's a gas station, like you're driving past a gas station, but you go, you know what? I'm going to put that off for later. So again, what happens the next morning? You've forgotten all about it. You haven't thought about your gas tank once. You hop into your car, you're like, okay, let's go. Time to go to my job. And you see that you're on empty and you immediately say, "Aha! me. Screwed morning me. In both situations, you were unkind to your future self. Putting your workout clothes out the night before you go to the gym in the morning is preparing your future self. Doing meal prep on Sunday because you know you're busy on Tuesday is preparing your future self, like getting those meals ready for the next three days because you know, wow, I looked at the calendar and I'm slammed on Tuesday. I'm going to go ahead and prepare my future self. Spending 10 minutes straightening up your office before you leave on a Friday, like say you have an office that you go to, spending 10 minutes on it so that on Monday when you start the week, you start the day without that task is preparing your future self. There are a thousand little things that you can do to prepare your future self. There are big things, small things. I mean, I just the other day, talked to a woman. She's a young mom and she wants to start a business. She has a one-year-old, a full-time job. She recently moved and has a thousand things going on right now. She recognized that, which is really, really helpful. She recognized that and said, you know what? This isn't the best time for me to blow up my life and go full-time on a side hustle. Like looking at the pieces in play, looking at the time I have, looking at my schedule, looking at my commitments, it's not the best time. So I told her, I agree. Why don't you prepare your future self though? Send some gifts into the future. She could take notes at the current job. She could actively write down at her full-time job, here's what I like about how this company is run. Here's what I don't. So that in a year or two from now, When she starts her own thing, she already has so much real world research. I think sometimes if you feel stuck in a job and you're dreaming about a different job or you're dreaming about starting your own thing, you miss such a good research moment to learn and go, wait a second, wait a second. Okay, when my boss did this, that was really frustrating. So I need to make sure in the future not to do that. Or wow, when we did this thing well, that was really, really good for me. So I I need to do that. I was reminded that recently, I interviewed a woman named Annie Murphy-Paul. She's going to be on the podcast in a few weeks. And she was talking about all the science behind how good it is for you to go to a different space, for you to get outside your work environment, for you to think outside your work environment. And it reminded me that when when I worked for Bose in Framingham, Massachusetts, the stereo company, I would occasionally take one project. And I would sneak to an empty office. Like, I remember ducking because the cubicles were kind of mid level and I'm super tall. Like, if you've ever met me, you're like, gosh, he's so tall. I would duck and kind of army crawl almost my way to like an empty office where I could focus by myself. And so for me, I need to take that idea forward, kind of research myself and know, wow. I occasionally need to get out of my home office and go write in an empty space. I need to take one project with me. That's a good thing for me to to take forward. And if I'll take a note, it's like I'm sending that gift into the future so that later I'll benefit from that. She could take notes at her current job. She could learn all this real-world research. She could also take notes about herself. She could write down, here's what lights me up at this job. Here's what doesn't. She could learn a lot of that right now so that when she needs it later, it's there waiting for. Imagine it's six months later, it's a year later, it's two years later, and she has a 10-page document. like It practically has a bow on it and says, hey, you're going to need this going forward. We've spent the last year or two preparing it for you. Here you go. That would be so helpful. She can't go all in right now. She can't start full-time side hustle well, what would happen if she learned one skill a year for the next three years? Imagine if she did that. What if she learned one skill a year for the next three years as she raised her family and got ready? When she launched her own thing, she'd have three skills built up. That's how you prepare your future self. How else do you do that? Well, another thing you can do is don't fix fictional problems that haven't happened yet. Don't fix fictional problems that haven't happened yet. My friend Corinne Crabtree told me about that with weight loss. She was on the podcast. We'll link to that episode. I think it's probably one of our most popular episodes because she is amazing. Corinne does this really fascinating, really successful weight loss program. And we were talking about that. And she was telling me that one of the things that people get held back by is they'll say to her, I would lose the weight. Like I would really go all in, but I don't want to deal with loose skin. Like that's, that's the hang up. They say, if I lost 100 pounds, I'd have loose skin and I don't want that. And it's an interesting thing because that's a fictional problem. They haven't lost the weight yet. They might even be a long way away from losing the weight yet, but they're already preventing themselves from doing something today for the fear of something that might happen in a year. And I see this across the board with goals. With workout goals, I've met people that say, I would work out more, but I don't want to have to buy new clothes. You haven't like run a mile on a treadmill yet. You haven't done 10 jumping jacks and you're already like, I mean, but what if I get so ripped? Like I get so strong, I have to buy other clothes? Or like, what if I lose so much weight, I have to buy other pants? Same thing with like doing an entrepreneur side hustle. I meet people that'll go, I'd start my own business. Like I have this dream, I have this passion, I'm really excited, but I don't want to become a workaholic. I know that like I would become a workaholic, so I'm just not going to do it. I would work all the time, My family, I'd probably get a divorce. Um, It would be an issue. I'd be on the road constantly. I can't even do it. And they haven't done anything yet. They haven't even started an LLC. They haven't even signed one client. They're like, yeah, but what if I have 200 clients and it's really stressful? Same thing goes with writers. Writers will tell me, hey, I, uh, I would write a book, but I don't want someone to steal my ideas. So I have to kind of figure out how to get a copyright lawyer before I start my blog, before I write a book. Or I would write a book, but I don't want to, like, how would I deal with one-star reviews? The book doesn't exist yet. The first page hasn't been written. The title hasn't even been brainstormed. And we're already stuck going, well, I just, I don't want to get a one-star review. No, my attitude with that, like, I would dare you, go get those problems. Go get all those problems. I would love for you to lose so much weight that you're like, I got to deal with loose skin. I got to come up with a plan. I would love for you to get so jacked that you're like, man, my chest is so strong or my back is so strong that I have, to, I have to buy new sweaters. It's a real hassle. I would love for you to get so many reviews on your book that some of them are one star. Like I would love for your book to be so popular, like popular enough that there's, there's people that don't like it. That's actually a sign of popularity when you have such a successful book that there's enough people that are like, I don't even like your book. Go get those problems. Like go get all those problems and and we can deal with them when they show up. That's the other thing. You're not even going to be the person you are today a year later when you have that problem. That person will be better equipped to deal with it than you are right now. Right now, if you're sitting here going, okay, I got this business idea. I really think I'm supposed to do it. Um, I'm going to work on it for two years. There's a problem I'm worried about. There's a problem that I I could see this coming in two years. Guess what? By the time you get to the problem, you'll be a different person. You'll be better equipped to handle it. You will have gone through different reps. You would have learned different skills, different attitudes. It'd kind of be like me when I was starting public speaking for me to go, oh man, what do I like? But how do I speak to 10,000 people? Like, I don't even know. Before I'd even spoken to anybody, if I stopped and said, I just don't know how I could, like I'm in an arena, like I'd be so sweaty. Like, what if I say the wrong thing? I haven't even spoken to anybody yet. And I'm already worried about that. Well, guess what? By the time I did that, I was a different person. By the time I did that, I would spent years building up that skill. I had learned techniques. I had practiced. I had done the reps. I'd grown in confidence. I'd grown in content, whatever. I was ready for that challenge. And one of my favorite moments, I don't think I've talked about on this podcast before, happened in front of 8,000 people. I was speaking at the Orange Conference in Atlanta. It's an event I've done so many times. I love the team at Orange. We've done so many events together. It's 8,000 people in an arena. And the theme um, was, it's personal. That was the theme of the event. So I thought it'd be funny to bring out animals that like listed out personality-wise. So what I mean by that is like, least personal like or no I went most personal to least personal that's how I did it so I started and we had to like rent the animals from somewhere you can do that by the way there's so many you'd be shocked how many places you can rent an animal from where it's like you just call up a guy and he's like I got those animals and then some dude in a pickup truck just brings a bunch of animals that is 100 percent possible so I think I started with a puppy that was the first one like and this guy would carry him out on stage and I'd go, ah, the most personal animal, I'd do a puppy. And then it was like, they brought out a snake. Um, and I know if right now, if you're like, oh, I'd be afraid. Of it. I'm so brave. I just held that snake. The reason I was brave about that snake, by the way, my brother um, used to breed snakes uh, when he was in high school. Like the house I lived in, my brother bred snakes. And occasionally, this is my younger brother, um, a snake would get out and you would be like walking past a pile of dirty clothes and you would think, that was a belt on those dirty clothes. And no, no, that, that was no belt. That was a, that was a serpent. That was a, uh, a snake. Probably an albino reticulated corn snake. I don't know. That just popped up in my head. But so then he brought out a snake. He kept bringing out animals. And finally, brought out a tortoise. And the joke I made, which I'm, it's not the best joke, but I said, owning a pet turtle is like owning a rock that could die. And as soon as I said that, the tortoise started to pee. Like he started to pee in front of 8,000 people. Now, if I hadn't spent years and years and years and years and years working up to that moment, I would have been terrified. That would have been a huge challenge to me. But when it happened, I promise you, I was so excited because I realized I had just received like comedy mana. Like it was the greatest, like I was on the, I could see that I was on the crest of a wave and it was going to be amazing. I was going to surf that all the way to the shore. And like he kept going every time I talked. It was so fun. I was able to handle that moment because the person I was when I started wasn't the person I was when I was in that moment. Like when I started in 2008, that wasn't me in 2011. I had grown, I was different, and you're gonna be different too. So go get those problems. Go get those problems. Like I promise you, you'll be ready for the problems when you get there. Now, that doesn't mean you put them off. The future, I don't know if you knew this, the future is coming your way. I think you should be ready for it. I talked to a multi-billion dollar financial company recently, and they told me something surprising about like, how people are looking at their future. One of the most popular crowdfunding programs right now, or like most popular forms of crowdfunding on GoFundMe or anything, are funerals. People are saying, okay i'm not going to plan my funeral I'm not going to prepare for my funeral I'm not going to save I'm not going to plan for that I'll just have my kids and family members go fund me like they'll crowdfund the funeral now now let me be clear if you have an unexpected tragedy and you crowdfund that's one thing. If you have an illness like the, like an onset illness or like a carcass crash, whatever, and you do a fundraiser, awesome. You should totally do that. But if your life plan is that at the end of my life, I don't have to be ready for a funeral because I'll just have my kids crowdfund it. That is that is gross. That is the dumbest thing. Like I can't imagine telling my kids, Ellie and McCray, hey, I don't have any plans at the end of my life. You're just going to have to go ask a bunch of strangers to crowdfund my funeral. That is the craziest thing to me. I, I can't believe people are disregarding their future to that degree. So don't hear me say, don't worry about the problems. No, no. Plan, prepare, like get ready, do all of that. Your future is coming. You should be ready. But just know you don't have to solve that future problem today. You don't. It hasn't happened yet. Go get those problems first. And then by the time we get them, we'll be ready for them. So I want to leave you with a little bit of homework. This homework is pretty easy. I just want you to answer one question. Ready? Here's the question. What could I do today that's kind to me tomorrow? What could I do right now, maybe later this afternoon, that would be kind to me tomorrow? That's it. There's something you could do that will prepare you for tomorrow. There's something you could do today that might even prepare you for next week or, or maybe next month. Those are three soundtracks that I think travel really well together. Forgive your former self, enjoy your current self, prepare your future self. Those are three gifts that I think you need to give yourself regularly. Okay, am I forgiving my former self? Am I enjoying my current self? Am I preparing my future self? Those are good soundtracks to listen to. Thank you so much for listening today. We'll put all the links in the show notes as always. And thank you for reviewing my podcast. We're inching closer and closer and closer to a thousand reviews which is super fun. So anybody who's written a review, thank you. If you haven't yet, I would love you to take 90 seconds and submit a review, that would be fantastic. Make sure you subscribe or follow or whatever it is the kids are saying these days and thank you for your reviews. Last but not least, big thank you once again to our sponsor, which was was me and that awesome calendar. If you want a finished calendar, visit finishcalendar.com. I'll see you next Monday and remember all it takes is a goal. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the All It Takes Is a Goal podcast and to get access to today's show notes and exclusive content from John Akef, Acuff, visit Akef.me/podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the All It Takes as a Goal podcast.